What up, what up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. I am Coley Rudd, your host of episode three of One of the Boys. Exciting lineup today. Um, I will first talk about all of the underdogs in sports this week. Maybe not all of them, but lots of underdogs in sports this week. And then reveal to you my underdog, hungry dog of the week. There will be a tribute to Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving preview and all of the wonderful things that will be happening on Turkey Day this year. That will lead me right into sad girl hours. There is a fan base that is feeling very sad right now. And it's kind of unfolded over the course of a few weeks. So we'll break down sad girl hours, really sad girl weeks, uh, week by week, essentially. And then I'll close out today with some fantasy studs. Going to kind of take a new format on it because I realized I was just picking the low-hanging fruit. And even though I was selecting the low-hanging fruit, I was still wrong most of the time. So going to take a new twist on it, see if I'm right. Base your starters off of what I say if you wish. If not, that's cool. On this day in sports, November 22nd, in 1986, Wayne Gretzky scores his 500th career goal. Shout out to hockey. I don't talk enough about hockey on this show. In 2003, um, the 68th annual Iron Bowl was played between Auburn and Alabama. Auburn actually went and beat Alabama 28-23, to and that is significant because That has not happened many times since. I don't have the exact number, but Auburn hasn't been good in a while, and Alabama has just completely owned college football. Also on this day in 2016, the Vegas Golden Knights were revealed as the NHL's expansion uh, new team name. So it's hard to believe that was already six years ago. But yeah, that was 2016 when that team name was revealed. Exciting stuff. They actually, I believe it was that first year they were in the league. They made it to the Stanley Cup, which was really cool. Unfortunately, didn't win and haven't been back since, but that's kind of unique for a first-year team to make it to the to the Stanley Cup to championship that quick. The Texans have been a newer team in the league for in the NFL for 20-plus years and haven't even been to the Super Bowl yet. So anyway, now I'm getting sidetracked. Episode three of One of the Boys. I'm so glad you're here. So trying to deliver some good content this week that you all be interested in listening in and trying to be mindful of how I get this content out there. Basically what I mean is I'm trying to slow down my voice a little bit. 
um, trying to talk a little bit slower and just trying to be a little bit more myself as I get this stuff across to you all as I record all of this because I find that me just in my natural state is probably better than anything scripted. So I do take notes. I do have some stuff I wrote down that I'll obviously use to kind of guide me through this today. I will get good at this. I know I'll get really good at this. Um, I'm going to get better and better with each episode. Uh, But just bear with me. I still think my takes like make a lot of sense and are better than anyone else's out there. So whatever. Um, before I even get into anything that I had planned for today, I did want to point out that there were three, maybe four, if you heard my sneaky one, but three bets that I had talked about taking last week, four bets really, because I, my sneaky one, um, three out of the four bets hit. So if you listened to me and took the bets that I suggested, you made some money, the first one was the Raiders Bronco, Broncos under. So the over under, I believe, was 41 and a half. And there was, I believe, 38 points that were scored. So that was, that was a hit. The Pats Jets under hit. If you watch that, literally the worst game I've ever seen in my life. It reminded me of Miracle in the Meadowlands with the Eagles back in the day. Deshaun Jackson. Sim- basically... The same thing that had happened except the Eagles game when this the miracle in the Meadowlands when the Eagles were playing, it wasn't quite as low scoring. But when Deshaun Jackson did it, it was, again, same setup. Teams are tied or I believe the Eagles were losing maybe, something like that. No, the teams were tied because they were, yeah, because they were, the Giants were punting to go to overtime. Punt it to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson walks it off and you know, punt, turn, returns a punt, walks it off. Essentially what happened here, this was a terrible, I mean, really like a terrible game. Like, I don't know, like I know the Patriots won, but if you're a Patriots fan, it's kind of hard to be happy for anything other than the fact that your defense is really good. But Zach Wilson and the Jets offense, I knew – I knew this was going to happen. I don't want to say, like, I can predict the future or that my takes are always right because they're not. But I really had a feeling that once Brees Hall went down that this offense was going to suffer. And now everyone is kind of shitting on Zach Wilson, rightfully so. The man just cannot take accountability for the fact that he was ass yesterday. And it's kind of a sad situation on the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. But overall, I don't know if Jets fans can really be upset. It has been a long time since the Jets even had a winning record. So for them to be kind of in contention right now at this point in the season, I mean, we're heading into week 13 and they're still not out of it. That's that's pretty good. But... Point of me saying that was to wrap it back to I told you all last week to take the Pats and Jets under and that there was only 13 points in that game. So that was boom. That was a hit. I also told everybody to take the Vets, the Vets, what the hell, the Vikings 
uh, money line and points over the Cowboys. And boy, was I wrong. I don't know if Vikings fans need to panic. What really pisses me off is now the Cowboys think they're hot shit. And maybe they're decent. I can like feel my stomach regurgitating as I say that. Maybe they're okay. I don't know what to think of this game because I thought it was going to be just an absolute shootout and it was just a one-sided shootout where Cowboys put up 40 points. Vikings failed to get in the end zone. And it seemed like after the Vikings' performance against the Bills that they were an offensive force to be reckoned with. So I don't know. I don't – I feel like it's it's hard to judge – whether the Cowboys are good or the Vikings are bad based on this game. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I do think, I don't think that, I don't think the. I think, I don't think Mike McCarthy is that good. Um, and he's, I mean, time and time again, he's been out coached. So let them kind of show their colors. And then there's plenty of other really good coaches out there that I'm sure will expose him in due time. Anyway, That was the one bet that did not hit. This next bet, I didn't really directly say to take, but when I was doing fantasy studs last week, I said I thought that the Giants would be the sleeper pick over, or the Lions, excuse me, would be the sleeper pick over the Giants. And that's exactly what happened. The Lions beat the Giants. I think the Giants, so hold on, let me backtrack a little bit. So I do want to start off by saying that I think Brian Dayball is a a, a great coach. I think he is the reason that the Giants are 7-3 and and are even in this playoff conversation. I don't think the Giants are that good. I think they've gotten this far because their coaching has made really good decisions and just gone into each of these games with a game plan way better than the opposing coach. With that being said, I think the Giants are just a few, you know, few pieces away from being an excellent team. I don't like Daniel Jones, but also Daniel Jones don't really have anybody to throw the ball to. And then the defense is just inconsistent a little bit. I know the Lions offense is is pretty good, but I don't I don't it was kind of an ugly game really for the Giants cuz the the Lions defense hasn't been great. So you expect Saquon to run up on them, and it just didn't really turn out that way. Either way, I thought this was a sleeper pick. I thought the Lions were going to beat the Giants, and they did. I think the Giants were riding high first 10, 11 weeks of the season. No one anticipated them to still be in this conversation. And they very, they very much still are statistically. I do think this is the point in the season where everything kind of starts to catch up to them. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I just I really don't think so. But I said to take the Lions over the Giants. Hopefully you won some money. I also, before I get into my underdog, I just want to brag. I do want to brag a little bit about my fantasy football team. This week, this week was rough. I'm not going to lie. Ocean City League, Chisei Gang. It wasn't rough, but Christian Kirk was on a bye, which sucked. And Austin Eckler wasn't. He was okay. Josh Allen wasn't great. Whatever. 
I'm not here to talk about a whole fantasy roster. I just want to brag about my Christian Kirk and Tony Pollard picks because they came in the late rounds of my fantasy draft and have been probably other than my quarterback and Austin Eckler, my two top scorers. And I got them like, I don't have the exact round and pick number here, but I got them seventh and eighth round. And this has nothing to do with any bets that I told you to take. I was just looking at the fantasy draft recap and I was like, holy fuck, these guys are good. And I got them so late in the draft. And like, thank God, because I chose JK Dobbins around four, whatever. But I just wanted to brag that I took Christian Kirk and Tony Pollard super late in the draft and they are proving to be way better than probably 75% of the first four rounds. Awesome stuff. Um, in my other league, my family league. So I literally have, I love that team so much, except the quarterback position. I drafted Russ. Russ hasn't been shit. Russ got hurt. So I was like, all right, I think it's time to part ways. I've been outbid for Geno Smith a couple times. I had Matt Ryan. I was starting Matt Ryan and then idiot fuckhead Frank Gregg is like, oh, we're going to bench Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. So I was like, all right, let me pick up Ellinger in case he turns out to be a stud. It's been a mess at the quarterback situation. So finally one week I was sort of just like, fuck it. I'm going to pick up Marcus Mariota and I'm just going to throw him in there and hope for the best. And he's delivered. I know it sounds crazy, but he's just he's just like a guaranteed 25 points at this, at this point, which is really all I need. I'm a game over 500 heading into week 12. One game over 500. And my dirty, nasty ass, I'm so fucking mad at myself for this because I feel awful and unethical, but I went out and picked up Deshaun Watson. And now I feel like a terrible human because I'm literally sitting here counting down the days until he can fucking return and I hate myself for it. I hate myself for it. And I don't want anyone who's listening to this to think that I support what that fuckhead has done. I actually think he should have had a a much more significant NFL ban than he than he did. But he didn't. 12 game suspension, whatever the hell it was, 11 games, I don't know. He's back, not this week, but next week. And I'm such a fucking sick fuck because I feel like I can't wait and I feel stupid for it. But like Fantasy playoff ba- playoffs, baby. My team is stacked otherwise. I have CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, New England Patriots defense. Find the flaw. The quarterback, Marcus Mariota. If I get Deshaun in there, y'all better look the fuck out. So here are my sick fucking asses counting down the days until Deshaun Watson comes back. I hate, I hate myself. I think, I think I hate myself. I sat there and I literally stared at my phone for a good 15 minutes contemplating if this was what I really wanted to do was to pick him up. But I was like, what are the, what other choice do I have? I'm never going to win a championship with Marcus Mariota as my quarterback. And you know, what's crazy is when you have someone like him as your quarterback and you hear like the plan is to run the ball or they're running the ball. That's almost a good thing because when they run the ball well, he throws the ball well. So 
Yeah. And then he also uses his legs sometimes too. So when he gets involved in the run game, gives you a rushing touchdown, maybe a passing touchdown, whatever. If he scores me 25 points, that's all, that's all I need. That's been victorious. And if I can sneak into the playoffs, I start off the season 0-3. Fuck you, Kyle Pitts. I'm not going to go on that sob story. I start off the season 0-3, and then I bench Kyle Pitts, and I've only lost two games since. I mean, the missing piece is the quarterback. I'm going to say it again. I'm a sick fuck sitting here waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. I hate myself. You should hate me too. Anyway, I just wanted to brag a little bit and talk through some fantasy stuff. Also, if I do win that fantasy league where I have Marcus Mariota as my quarterback, I'm buying a Marcus Mariota jersey. It's decided. I will not buy Deshaun because that's fucking weird and I hate him. But I will buy a Marcus Mariota jersey. That feels like the honorable thing to do. Anyway, I'm done bragging and talking about shit that most of you don't care about. I just had I just had to air that out. I was sitting there and reading through shit and looking at numbers and I wanted to brag a little bit. And so yeah. Moving right along, I am gonna get into our underdog, hungry dog of the week. So this is, I feel like this is gonna be long and drawn out, and for that I apologize. Not a whole lot of underdogs in the NBA. There were 49 NBA games played between November 14th through Sunday, November 20th, and only 12 of them were underdog wins for 24.5%. The Jazz and the Knicks, they both had two underdog wins. So shout out to the Jazz and the Knicks, I guess. Again, I'm, I'm having a hard time really getting into basketball right now because it's football season. Like, come on, it's football season. Um, hockey, similar stuff between, again, Monday, November 14th and Sunday, November 20th, 45 hockey games were played in the NHL of those 15 were underdog wins. So that was roughly a third, 33.3% were underdog wins. The Canucks and the Blue Jackets each had two underdog wins. So way to go NHL, I guess. College football. So, college football. Wow. I don't know where to begin here. So, I'll talk a little bit later, sort of, about the Gamecocks and Tennessee that was played in Columbia. Gamecocks won 63-38. to The Tennessee defense is is dead like six feet under already we knew they were bad like anyone that watches college football knew they were bad but they looked really 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 fucking bad um there was a video I also just want to point this out because this was a total dub for me I guess I don't really actually don't really like the Gamecocks but I love a good upset. I love a good underdog. Woof, woof. Um, You know, like any other person who watches football or sports or whatever, you're kind of like also watching your Twitter timeline, see what people are saying about what's going on, whatever, whatever. Well, this guy, let me find these tweets because this was, I still like take a 
minute to look at this because I was like got a lot of hits on it because I was right. Um, here we go. So ESPN tweets out this video of Spencer Rattler counting how many touchdowns on his fingers that he had thrown for whatever. And I think by the end of the night it was six, something like that. So at this point, Tennessee's down real bad. Like defense, defense can't stop the Gamecocks for shit. It's over. You just slowly like see, you just feel the morale of Tennessee just completely collapsing. I'll get more into that a little bit later. Hint, hint. But this guy replies to this tweet and says, yeah, so cool. Dude is celebrating by himself, shows everything you need to know about him. Which, like, if you see the video, there's a literally, like, five people standing behind him and looking at him. So, like, he's not celebrating by himself, whatever. So I replied and said, loser talk. Well, my loser talk comment got 161 likes. And so this guy replies back and says, not a Tennessee fan, bud. Bud, I'm not your fucking bud, bro. Just pointing out that Rattler is one of, one of the biggest douchebags in sports. So I said, still loser talk. That one didn't get as many likes, but it did get four. And then this nerd says, because Spencer Rattler is hated by everyone he plays with. Okay, fair enough. Congrats on your dub. Enjoy it. And like, this isn't a dub for me. I actually, like I said, I don't like the Gamecocks. I was just like, bro, like, this dude is standing there counting his touch. Like, it's, and it's cocky. Like, Spencer Rattler is arrogant. Like, whatever. But, like, who fucking cares? No one expected them to win, and they came in and blew them out. And then this dude's just salty as fuck. So it was. It was absolute loser talk, like, him trying to find a reason to tear down the winning team. You know how people get. I do it, too. But it was loser talk. It was total loser talk. And 161 other people agree with me. So fuck off, sir, that said that. I'm not going to reveal his Twitter handle because I don't want anybody going after him or whatever. But anyway, Volunteers, sad times for volunteers. Seemed like it was going to be their year, but again, hint, hint, that may be in a segment a little bit later in the show. Another underdog, hunger dog, Georgia Tech and UNC. So UNC, it, I mean, UNC had been wow-wowing and their fan base was wow-wowing that they were not in the college football playoff conversation. I When I heard that on game day on Saturday morning, I, I was scratching my head. I was like, do they think they should be in the playoff conversation? Like, they hadn't even won their conference yet. 15th ranked team in the nation, and you knew you still had to get through Clemson. So, okay, wah, wah. And then you guys really think that you have and deserve a chance. So, like, if that's truly the way you feel, feel you should probably go out and win the rest of your games not just win them but to have a chance probably blow them out because no one's even including you in the picture and then you turn around and when you have all these points to prove that you feel like you need to prove you lose to Georgia Tech so I think that says a lot about your your organization and your culture and your drive to really want to be in that position because you lost to Georgia Tech. Again, Georgia Tech, not a good team. Not a good team. 
Anyway, Georgia Tech, woof, woof. They were a dog. And then the last top 25 college football underdog was Navy beat UCF. Do not have a lot of stats or details on this game. I actually didn't even realize that Navy was a dog, a victorious dog, until this morning when I was checking, double-checking scores. Uh, UCF was 15.5-point favorites, and they lost. They were only able to put up 14 points against Navy. So I guess it's kind of hard to beat a spread of 15.5 points when you only score 14. So woof, woof, go Navy. Um, NFL... There's only three underdogs again. Monday Night Football. I'm actually I have Monday Night Football on right now, so I don't know who's gonna win that. I don't even know who the let's see if I can find who the dog is here. Statistically speaking. The Niners are eight point favorites. Uh the Niners did just score a touchdown, so assuming the extra point is good, it's gonna be seven to three. But Niners eight point favorites. Cardinals are the dogs here. Let's go cards. Um but other than this game, not including this game, there's only three other dogs that won. The Titans were victorious over the Packers. The Raiders, thank God. Sad Girl Hours, victorious. Um, That was only my second ever Sad Girl Hours, and the first one was was the Phillies, like my own Sad Girl Hours, because they lost the World Series. So there hasn't been a chance for them to redeem themselves since they've been Sad Girl Hours, but... Sad girl hours with opportunities to prove themselves the following week. One for one. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, baby. Are you back? Uh, I don't know. They won. Raiders win. And then the Lions. Lions over the Giants. Fun shit. Fun shit. College hoops is heating up. So I'm not going to go through all of the upsets. Uh, I don't follow college hoops all that much. I just know I would not want to go near the ranking process for college hoops with a 10-foot pole. While I was reading these scores and these upsets and what took place over the last week, I was like, what the fuck? It was like, this top five team beat this top five team, and then this top five team lost to this unranked team who also beat this other unranked team, who that unranked team beat this top 10. I was like, how the fuck does anyone decide who is better than who? I'm going to recap some of this the best that I can. So UNC was given a run by Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb did not win. UNC came out victorious. This was all within the last week, by the way. Michigan State beats Kentucky. Kentucky was seven-point favorites. This game took two overtimes to decide. Final score was Michigan State 86, Kentucky 77. Rough week for Kentucky. Gonzaga also turns around and then beats Kentucky yesterday, Sunday. So you're going to hear this on Tuesday. I'm recording today, Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Um, Kansas beats Duke 69-64. Again, another early season matchup. University of Las Vegas, UNLV. Uh, yeah, they beat Dayton. Te- rough week for... Well, it looked like a rough week for Gonzaga because Texas just completely stomped them. Texas completely stomped them. Texas beats them by 19 points, 93-74. And Drew Drew Timmy is still around. Like, he's still, he's still playing. Um, he's a senior. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like he's been around forever. I was shocked to see he was still here. I don't, I don't know enough about college basketball to critique him, but... I mean, I guess he just hasn't been good enough to, to go pro yet. 
I know it's hard in basketball. Whatever. I'm not going to act like I, I know anything about this. Um, Arizona State stomps Michigan, 87 to 62. Rough week for Texas A&M. They were beat by Murray State. Then they were also beat by Colorado. So Texas A&M, biggest joke of collegiate athletics. I guess that's like a, a really strong accusation to make. I don't know how they like what their records are in any other sport, but it's been a rough year in football after they talked a lot of shit and it's off to a rough, rough start in basketball. Basketball is more games. They still have time to turn around, but it is kind of funny to see the Aggies crumble. Um, Harper is contributing a lot tonight and not by her voice, just by walking and pacing and shaking. University of Virginia beats Baylor. Illinois... Okay, Illinois beats UCLA. Illinois then loses to UVA on Sunday. And then UCLA turns around and then loses to Baylor. Michigan is victorious over Ohio in an overtime thriller. This isn't an underdog victory because Ohio didn't win. But to send the game into overtime was sick. I don't know if if anybody watched, but Ohio did the thing where they were inbounding from the opposite end of the court and they did like a baseball pass to the opposite net because there was so little time left and it bounces off the backboard, right? The baseball pass does and then it's tipped. I want to say it's like tipped once, doesn't go in, tipped again, literally with like 0.3 seconds left and goes in to tie the, to tie the game and then go to overtime. Super fucking exciting shit. Michigan still wins, so fuck you, Michigan, but whatever. Anyway, that was all in one one week. So I don't know how that committee sits down and makes those decisions, decisions as to who's better than who. Either way, college basketball is fun. Today, I literally sat at my desk at work. Oops, don't tell my employer, whatever. And I had World Cup soccer on one, te- on one screen. I have three screens. World Cup soccer on one. And college basketball at 2 o'clock on the other. Like... What other sport plays on a Monday at 2 o'clock and is on TV for for me to watch? Literally none. So, I like it. I don't know a lot of the players. I don't know who's good this year. I'm going to learn. All I know is reading through all these scores, I was like, I don't know how you tell what team's better than the next. I guess other than truly watching and breaking down each matchup and each player. So, kudos to them. Kudos to them. Anyway, underdog, hungry dog of the week. Woof, woof. When I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking pissed off too. The dog of the week is... The Lions, the Detroit Lions over the New York Giants. This uh this was the Lions third third win in a row. Does anyone out there know the last time the Lions had a three-game win streak? I think my guess is going to be 2009. That would literally be my best guess. I think I think they went to the playoffs that year. Again, I, I'm not I'm not reading this anywhere. I'm just going off the top of my head as to what I remember. I could be completely wrong. Please like assault me if I'm wrong. Like let me know like hey, you're fucking wrong, bro. Please. But 
I knew this was going to be one of those sleeper picks. Again, I hope you listen to me and bet it. I just, the Giants, they're a 7-3 and three team, but they're like a fake 7-3 and three team. And I think the Lions are like a fake 4-6 and six team where their offense is really fucking good and their defense is really fucking bad. And the games that they've lost, it's because... One, they've played another team with a really fucking good offense or their offense has just made a few mistakes. Other than that, like, if those couple things, I mean, I guess it's hard to, like, you you have to have an answer for other teams with good offenses. But, like, the mistakes, like, if they don't make a couple mistakes, like, we're talking about potentially a 6-4 and four team. Um, So, cool stuff. I, I, like, don't really care for the Lions. I don't loathe them. I don't love them. I always like to root for the underdog, so it's always fun to see an upset like this, especially to a team that I just can't fucking stand, like the New York Giants. Frauds. Yeah, Lions. Underdog. Woof. Hungry dog of the week. Way to go. Before I move on to my next segment, I did just want to take a moment to recognize the UVA players that were shot about a week and a half ago, really just an absolutely awful, awful, awful thing to happen to anybody. Never want to see this in the sports world. This isn't exactly something that I want to talk about, but I do want to do those three players. They're due justice. Um, really fucking sad shit, bro. I couldn't imagine being their teammates their coaches, their families, their friends. I couldn't imagine being anybody, anybody that's close to them right now. That's tough. That is really, really tough. Um, Yeah, sad shit. Really sad shit. So I'm going to demonstrate a moment of silence in their memory. All right. Harper was sort of silent with me, too. Rolling right along. Today's Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday is Thanksgiving, boys and girls. And holy fuck. It's going to be a great, great fucking day. Let me tell you why. First off, what what could be better than celebrating with food, right? Like Thanksgiving, probably like already a top three holiday. No, top two holiday. Like Thanksgiving, Christmas are, are up there, right? Like I don't, I don't know which one's better. I'm good, but like Christmas, you food, whatever. I'm not here to debate with myself on what's better, Thanksgiving or Christmas. But like, there's really not any other holiday where you can just eat and drink as much as you want. And like, that's the holiday. Like, that's literally what the holiday is. I mean, I probably are like, think I'm like some shallow, cold little fuck who like doesn't actually know what Thanksgiving is for. I know it's, you know, to be grateful and thankful 
for the family and, and the people around you and the things that you have and whatever. I totally get that. I believe in living that every day. And this is just a special opportunity to celebrate it with others. Anyway, I'm not trying, I'm not here to get all sentimental about what the fuck Thanksgiving means to everybody. I'm here to say like, this is literally a holiday where you drink and eat like all day. Fucking incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. America, America, you are like, this is a huge like W for America. Thanksgiving, like top best, top five best things about America. This is up there. So not only that, right, I looked at the slate of shit that's going on on Thanksgiving Day as far as sports go, and it's like, holy fucking tits. Like, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of super exciting stuff, not just football, okay? Hold on, wait. Oh, George Kittle, George, George Kittle, George Kittle Tutty. Uh, Let's see. Makes the score 14-3, assuming extra point is good. Damn. Um, anyway. So football. We'll kick I'll, obviously I'll kick off with football. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Pats, Vikings. And guess what, baby? I am back in Pennsylvania this weekend. You know what that means? I get to bet legally. I live in South Carolina. You can't do that here. So I don't. I just give really clearly really fucking good recommendations. This time, I get to put my money on the line. Let's go. I'm only going to bet on football. That's really the only sport I feel confident betting on today. But I am going to bet on all three games. Hopefully cash in. If you're listening and you want to bet, let's cash in together. All right? Bills, Lions, I'm betting the over. Okay? Let me get you the over because I didn't write it down like a stupid fuck. Um, over is over is 54. I didn't realize it was that steep. I'm still betting it. I'm still betting it. 54. Bills, Lions, shoot it out, baby. Defense, like, don't even try that hard this weekend. Like, literally don't even try. 12.30 game. We'll wake up a little hungover. Maybe eat a little snack. You never like to eat too much breakfast on Thanksgiving because you know you're about to just fucking gorge yourself with so much food later. Have some water, you know, coffee, get your day going. You know, by 11, 11.30, you start to feel a little bit better. 12 o'clock, crack open that first beer. 12.30, bang, let's get this thing going. Shoot out. Defense, just, like, just relax, defense. Like, you don't even have to let the offense feast. It's Thanksgiving. Let the offense feast. We're hitting the over. 54, baby. Like, I don't even care who wins. I think the Bills will win. I just, I mean, their defense isn't great, but it's definitely better than Detroit's. Anyway, like, let's just go. Balls to the wall. Offenses, like, I want a 31-28 kind of game. Like, let's go. Bet Matt. Um, Giants-Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are projected right now. Shit, it went up since I wrote my notes. Okay, still, it doesn't change my bet. Um, the Cowboys, are proje- they were projected to win by eight and a half. Now it's at nine. I'm taking Giants points. So I don't think the Giants will win. I think the Giants will keep it close. That's what they've done. I do think the Cowboys, I'm going to hang myself later for saying this, but I do think the Cowboys are a good team, like whatever. Um, 
So they will win that, but I do think the Giants keep it close. And then Patriots, Vikings, I went with a weird one here because I was literally like, I don't know. Like, we don't know if the Vikings are frauds. We we do know that the Patriots defense is good. So I said, I don't fucking know. Um, and I said, Patriots winning at the half. Yes, I don't even need points for that. Just the Patriots are winning at the half. That is the bet I'm going to take. Don't ask me why. I have no reason other than I was like scrolling through and I was like, I hate every single one of these bets, but I have to pick one. I was like, boom, that's it. So whether you feel confident in the in the feeling I'm feeling in my heart and my gut, that is up to you. If you're with me, let's fucking ride, baby. Russell Wilson, baby, let's ride. He ain't even playing in this game. I just like like to troll him trolling them. Yeah. Um, there is college football, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I think I might bet that too. I didn't pick a bet yet. Now I'm going to look. Hold on. Shit, I should have done this beforehand. But you know what? This adds to the authenticity of it, right? NCAA football. Here we go. Uh, Thursday. Oh, oh, this could be good because Ole Miss is kind of pooped themselves the last couple weeks and then Mississippi State has just been like a total whirlwind like some days good some days bad oh shit I don't even Ole Miss right now is one and a half point favorites I don't know I gotta do some more research over under 15 59 that's steep fuck I might just do Mississippi State money line just throw a few bucks on it see what happens Damn, I don't know. That's tough. Tough, tough. I'm going to wait till a little bit later in the week to make up my mind on that. I'll throw it on the Twitter. Um, So that's happening. Then there's also World Cup is on. So there's four World Cup games. Unfortunately, it's not the U.S., but it's Swiss, Switzerland versus Cameroon, Uruguay versus South Korea, Portugal versus Ghana, and Brazil versus Serbia. I am not a soccer gal, so I'm not even going to pretend that I know anything about these matchups. I just thought that was cool. Like, there's some very significant soccer games going on on Thanksgiving. So, if you're a soccer fan, that's that's really fucking awesome. That's almost like how I feel about football, I would imagine, on Thanksgiving, where I'm like, I get to sit in front of my TV, drink beer, eat food, and watch three football games. Soccer fans are probably like, yeah, I get to fucking sit on my ass all day, drink beer, eat food, and watch four soccer games. Like... That's that's awesome. And then there is college basketball, men's and women's. There's four men's basketball games, uh, Phil Knight Invitational. Um, so there's UNC in Portland, Duke in Oregon State, UConn in Oregon. What the hell? Oh, I meant to write Bama, and I literally wrote BAM. Should we start that? Should I start that? Should I make that a thing? Or nah, that's that's corny. Drop it in the Twitter. Bama versus Michigan State. And then the women's, uh, Phil Knight. Oh, no. I didn't write it down. Tits. There's women's games in the Phil Knight Invitational, but I didn't write them down, and I'm not going to research that. Sorry. Look it up. Google will tell you. There's there's also uh, three other tournaments going on in women's college basketball, which um, is incredible. Um, especially when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. So there's the Goombay Splash, which takes place in the Bahamas, 
awesome. George Mason and LSU will play on Thanksgiving, and then American University will play Notre Dame, and they get to go to the Bahamas. That is that is freaking awesome. I'm jealous. I kind of wish I was a diehard fan because I would love an excuse to go to the Bahamas. Not that I don't want to hang out with my family. That's great. Although that island might implode because uh, FTX headquarters is there. And, well, I won't get too much into that, but they a little bit of some frauds. Anyway, I would still love to be in the Bahamas and enjoy some sunshine. Ooh, James Conner just fumbled, but it went out of bounds. Um, looks like the cards are in the red zone. Anyway, um, and then there's also two other tournaments that are going on that are in beautiful tropical places. Uh, there's the Cancun Challenge, which obviously takes place in Cancun, Mexico. On Thanksgiving, Vanderbilt and NC State will play. And then the Paradise Jam. Let's go. That just sounds like a fucking fantastic basketball tournament to participate in. Takes place in St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands. Like, what? Let's go. Clemson and Kansas State will take will play that day. Again, that those are women's games. There are four men's games on as well. That is the Thanksgiving slate. I'm sure I'm missing something. I'm sure there's like a cricket game or like a I don't know. There wasn't college hockey. There wasn't college volleyball. It was like a golf tournament or something. I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing something. But like I just kept going and I was like, holy fuck, all of this is on Thanksgiving. Like, am I going to get up from my seat? I mean, I guess eventually, but I'm not going to want to. Football alone, I'm going to be like, you know, like just fucking hype as fuck. Thanksgiving, you like uh, Thanksgiving is the best thing that's ever happened to America. I know it happened years ago and it's not something we just started celebrating, but like can we all admit that Thanksgiving is the best American thing ever? Ever. I, I would, I'm challenging somebody out there to disagree with me. If you're a sports fan, you can't. Like, you literally can't. What beer am I going to drink on Sunday? Or Sunday? It's not even a Sunday. It's a fucking Thursday. It's the middle of the week. And then you don't have to work the next day? Like, oh! there, There's nothing better. You will not change my mind. I think I'm going to drink Yingling. This is not a promotion for Yingling. I'm just really trying to think hard about what I want to drink. I don't know. Maybe I'll mix it up. I guess it depends on whoever I'm with and what they want. Whatever. Anyway, shout out to Thanksgiving. This was a this was a beautiful tribute to Thanksgiving. I don't need you to tell me this was a beautiful tribute to Thanksgiving. I I just know that it was. And I hope I hope it lives up to the hype. I, actually, I don't even know why I'm hoping. Like I know it's going to live up to the hype. Even if all my bets fail, hopefully I'll just be like toasted by then. I don't know. I don't drink though. I don't drink. I'm not going to be drunk. <laughs> um, anyway, Thanksgiving, beautiful thing. Like everyone just, just enjoy it. Next segment, page flip. Ah, my pages are stuck. I guess I should at some point go to, ah, oops, I skipped a page. Uh, at some point, I should probably just go to like digital note spot. There's something about having the pad of paper in front of me I like. Okay, um, here, here I go. Sad girl hours. Ugh, I, I kind of felt this in my heart a little bit for them. But then, like, after reading through everything, it's a little bit funny. I got to pull up all this. It's not funny. I mean, 
means, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where if it was me, I would be so angry, but it's not me. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Um, but sad girl hours, fortunately this, this week, sad girl hours are with the Tennessee volunteers. There's a lot. There's a lot. We're going to back. We are going to backtrack all the way to November 4th, right? So November 4th, 2022, that was, God, can I do math? 17 days ago was not that long ago, right? Um, The Tennessee Volunteers are ranked the number one team in the nation, right? And at this point, yeah, I think the college football playoff rankings had already started. I saw a picture that had, cause I think from my understanding, Tennessee was the number one team in the college football playoff rankings. And then Georgia was the number one team in the AP poll rankings. I'm fairly certain that's what that was. If I'm wrong, just slander me like whatever. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Um, okay. So it's the day before Twitter is a fucking war zone between Georgia and Tennessee. Like, I don't even want to read half the shit to y'all that I read on the internet. But I am going to point out a few things. So there was volunteers on Twitter saying, has there ever been a more insecure national champ than Georgia? LSU was also playing Alabama that night. Um, So there was some LSU banter that, like, Tennessee was throwing out there. I don't know why. Um, like tweeting, they're tweeting coach Saban owns LSU. There was a sign, I guess at game day or somewhere that said he brought LSU into this world and we'll, he'll take them out with a picture of Nick Saban hindsight. That's fucking hilarious. Cause they lost. There was, um, Barstool sports came out with, I guess a video or something. I don't know if they originally were the ones that posted it, but there was a leaked, I guess, audio clip from Georgia practice that com- that where Kirby Smart said he was scared shitless of Tennessee. I didn't actually listen to it. Um, there was, I guess, Kirby Smart was getting frustrated beforehand. Kirby was saying, y'all can't cover sh- shit, talking about a secondary. Kirby wasn't happy. So volunteers were like, oh, we're in their heads, and it's not even game time. The orange storm is coming, yada, yada. Then game day morning, so this is November 5th, game day is at the game, right? Yeah, it was in Georgia, can confirm. So the game game day crew is there. Pat McAfee tweets, rain makes corn, because Luke Bryan was a guest picker. Sorry, should have said it. Oh, Cardinals scored, 14-10. Go dogs. Um, so Luke Bryan was a guest picker, Pat Pat McAfee tweets, rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. They make whiskey in Tennessee. Good old Rocky Top. Sorry about it, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan had a dog shirt on, so he obviously knew what was up. Yeah, so ugly game. Tennessee is absolutely owned by the UGA defense. Hendon Hooker, who, you know, Heisman front runner at the time. This game goes 23 of 33, 195 yards, no tutties, and one interception. This was actually sad a little bit. Um, With four minutes and 15 seconds left, Fox College Football tweets, Tennessee has a touchdown. That was the first touchdown of the game for this supposedly high-power offense of the Volunteers. 
So I'm like, Fox, were you like trolling them a little bit? I mean, whatever, if you were cool, <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, so after that, it kind of got ugly, obviously for the volunteers. And then they started kind of get a little bit funny on Twitter because also that night, so Alabama lost that night to LSU. Also that night, Clemson lost to Notre Dame. So they're down in the dumps and then it's loser talk. Like it's absolute loser talk. They're starting to get hype about Clemson losing. So it's your stuff like this out there on Twitter. Clemson's loss is good for us. I'm thankful. Like, come on, bro. So they're celebrating the Clemson loss. Then on Twitter, they're blowing up about all the circumstances, what needs to happen for them to still make it into the playoff, still trying to make a case for them. You know, it's all the loser talk, all the loser talk, which like some of it I could at that time I could stand behind, but it's all sad girl loser talk. Like y'all got fucking owned and you're just trying to make yourselves feel better. That's like truly the definition of loser talk. So then a few days, I don't know why I'm saying a few days later, because literally a day later, Tennessee drops down to number five in the rankings. There's a bunch of arguments about how University of Tennessee should be in the top four with one loss, whatever. I'd also like to point out, this was really actually the coolest thing I've read in college football this year. So apparently a fan at one of the games threw a bottle of French's mustard onto the field after our replay review didn't go the way Tennessee wanted last year. And it grew into some meme. And then as a result, like with all these NIL deals, quarterback Hendon Hooker scored an NIL deal with French's and they made him these awesome uh, Air Force Ones that are like mustard themed. I just thought that was absolutely incredible. Like, all because that fan, that fan, that fan, you guys owe that fan money. Like, he's the reason that this happened. So, track him down, find him. I just thought that was really cool. And I, just that, I just wanted to, here I go, I'm talking too fast. Settle, man. Settle. I just thought that was fucking incredible and I wanted to throw that in there. All right, so all that happens. Then the 12th of November, they win over Missouri, 66-24. Vibes are high. Vibes are high. You lose to Georgia. You come back and you win a game like that. Although that was a closer game than the score leads on. Because I remember thinking like, uh, like is Tennessee dead? Like they weren't dead then, but they're dead now. And then November 19th, this is when it starts to get kind of funny. So November 19th, a day before, no, excuse me, morning of the... Gamecocks, Tennessee game. So morning of that game, not only are they talking shit on the Gamecocks, but they're also talking shit on TCU, who at the time also, they were in a spot above, um, they were in the spot above Tennessee, right? So they were in the last college football playoff spot, so like naturally they're fucking going crazy. They only beat Baylor by a point earlier that day. So they're saying shit, like this. TCU beats an unranked four-loss team by a last-second field goal, and they continue to be ranked above us, above us. TCU is not one of the best four teams in the country, period. I'm sorry. These are, and these are all different tweets, by the way. This is a new tweet. I'm sorry. 
TCU should be dropped in the college football playoff rankings for t- for that time management. How does any of that final series make logical sense? That was baffling. Here's another one. At least Tennessee's last second field goal came against an undefeated Alabama team. So big salty, big mad. And then they're talking shit on the on the Gamecock saying this game hasn't even started, shit like that, and I'm already snoozing. Like, they're going in there, big heads, like, think they're just going to completely blow South Carolina out of the water. Um, well, then, you know what happens, right? So it's, like, kind of a blowout almost going – I think it was 35-24 going into the half. And these – the Sour Girl tweet. This is when the Sour Girl tweets start coming out. I'm sorry. Here's, here's a tweet. Wait, no. Yeah, here we go. So this was, this was at halftime. No matter what happens in the second half, it's now the three worst defensive showings of the season in a row for the Vols. Regressing to the mean for what was always the main question for this team. But this is absurd. So, like, defense was melting. Then the game is over, and this is when when I start to, like, really kind of feel for them a little bit. Sort of, like, sagger hours in full force. Tennessee football is a government experiment to test how much pain human beings are physically able to bear. Mm, That's tough. And then... Not only that, but, like, Alabama fans start chirping a little bit, which, I mean, well, they kind of – this this is just Robin Solomon. Let me just read it. This is what they're saying. And this wasn't – I didn't see this just from one Alabama fan. This was, like, Barstool Bama, a bunch of Bama fans with their fucking corny blue check marks, which, like, at this point, the I don't trust the validity of a check mark anymore, by the way, if anyone was wondering. And one of the boys' pod will never have a blue check mark because I'm not paying $8 a month for Twitter. Sorry, Elon. Anyway, so Alabama fans start chirping. Best Tennessee team in 22 years, 9-2 and two after 11 weeks. Worst Alabama team since Saban's first year, 9-2 and two after 11 weeks. Ooh, ooh, tough one to swallow. Then there's a video of them running up the score against LSU. It says, I miss this Tennessee. Mm. And then loser talk, like, like loser talk 2.0 starts coming out. So, like, it was loser talk when they were talking about Clemson and how Clemson also lost, which is good for them, whatever. This is real loser talk. In fairness, this was a legitimate tweet that I saw on the internet. In fairness, Tennessee would absolutely crush South Carolina on a neutral field. Uh. (laughs) And then, like, more sad girl hours, more pain. Here's a tweet. I don't care what anyone else says. Being a Tennessee fan is the hardest thing to be, which that's probably a little bit dramatic, but, like, I, I feel that pain, like, where you're just, like, I thought this was our year, and all of a sudden everything's crumbled. So this is the hardest test God's put me under. (laughs) And, yeah, that's sad. And then the next day, Sunday, the 20th, Hendon Hooker announces that he tore his ACL. Or the whatever, the team announced that he tore his ACL. And that, I I can't even, that actually is sad. I'm not going to read some of the tweets I was reading about that. Like, nothing was mean. It was just like. It was just really sad because he kind of looked like he was going to be like a high draft prospect, like NFL draft prospect. He still might be, but that was just like really unfortunate. 
it was like y'all went down. Then he went down even further, and then that was just the icing on the cake. Still will probably be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Drop down to number nine. Maybe. Well, you got to beat Vanderbilt still, and God. Like, this could be my first ever Sad Week Girls, or Sad Week Girl. What the fuck am I saying? Sad Girl Hour two time, two times in a row. Like, if they lose to Vandy, like, I think I think I would. I think I would just kind of pick up where I'm about to leave off here. Tough, tough. It's like you wait so long for your team to be this good, like 20-something years, right, for your team to be good and – they're finally showing some promise. You beat Alabama, tear down the goalposts, like rocky freaking top. And then it just crumbles. It crumbles. It's done. They're not going to make it to the playoff. Like you can't even justify them to make it anymore. They got destroyed. I mean, cooked. Absolutely cooked by the Gamecocks. You aren't, I mean, they're okay. They're better this year than they have been before. Mm, mm, mm. That is, that's sad. But, it, I mean, yeah, no, I guess it's sad. It's not a sad season. It's a great season for them, regardless of this outcome. But compared to how they've been, they beat Alabama. Only a handful of teams can say that thus far. And then there was, um, I actually want to see if I can find this. Because this was borderline actually really crazy. Shit, I can't find it. It was a great image. Damn, all right. I can't find the image, but it was pretty cool. It said since the college football playoff was a thing, there's only been about, I think it was seven teams. Let's see if I can remember them. And then I'll fact check and share on Twitter if what, what was right. So there was, I believe it was seven teams that since the college football playoff have playoff has started, like the rankings have started, that have been ranked number one, like all time, like not just this year, but all time. And all right, let's see if I can remember also. So there was Clemson. Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State. Wait, all right, fuck. All right, I didn't. I wasn't counting. Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. That was six. Oregon. I think Oregon was seventh. I think I actually think I'm dead on. I'm gonna do my research and confirm on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. But that's crazy. That is absolutely insane. And I like had to sit there and think about it. And I was like, shit. I mean, that just shows you just the pure dominance that the Clemsons, Alabama, fucking Ohio State have, have just like held on college football for the last, you know, however many years they've been doing this. This hasn't been that many. I mean, I would imagine for about 50% of it, it was either Clemson or Alabama. I felt like. That era was never going to end. What was it, like four college football playoffs in a row was the same two teams? I mean, crazy stuff. Anyway, sad girl hours after this weekend in Tennessee. Honestly, prayers out for Hennon Hooker because that does suck. Like, you never want to see that happen to a a young kid, especially a quarterback that looks like he's going to be a Heisman hopeful. I felt bad. I still feel bad. Poor Tennessee. Sad shit. Sad shit. You guys will be all right, though. But if you lose to Vandy, I'm I'm not kidding. It'll be sad girl hours part two and – I mean, that, that would be the that would be historic. I mean, it's only episode three. That would be episode four, but that would be the first time ever on one of the boys that Sad Girl Hours was the same two weeks in a row. Unless someone else blows you out of the water. Who knows? It's a slate of a lot of good shit going on this weekend. Michigan, Ohio State. 
hoping it's Aguilaros for Ohio State. I'm not going to get even into my theories of who I think the top four should be because I've sat and calculated every which way that makes sense. It's a lot. There's a lot that could go on. I want Michigan to stomp on Ohio State. Get them. I hate Michigan, but I really hate Ohio State. Michigan's got lakes. Ohio's got nothing. Cleveland sucks. Cincinnati sucks. Shit state. Anyway. That wraps up Sad Girl Hour. Sorry, Tennessee. Didn't mean to expose you, but whatever. And now, final segment of the show. I'm going to close out with Fantasy Studs. It is almost 10 o'clock on the East Coast. I have never recorded this late. I'm usually editing at this point. I'll spend most of my day tomorrow editing. Switching up the way I do Fantasy Studs because I was just, like, embarrassed and felt stupid for just always going for the low-hanging fruit on what's out there. So here we go. Ocean City League. This is all through Yahoo. And I'm not going to go through, again, each rule of the Ocean City League. But top three wide receivers. Again, this is with the exception of Monday Night Football because that's being played right now. Top three wide receivers for week 11 were Devontae Adams, which I was super pissed about. Super pissed about because I kept reading start Devontae Adams. And I was like, no, don't start Devontae Adams. He's going against the Broncos. Not thinking the Broncos in overtime would leave him wide open with 20 yards of space around him to walk into the end zone. Whatever. Anyway, Devontae Adams, and that killed me, but it doesn't matter. Amari Cooper, a Joshua Palmer, just like everyone projected, right? I don't think I selected a single one of those to be a fantasy stub. Top three running backs, Tony Pollard. No, I picked Justin Jefferson to be the one in that game, whatever. Tony Pollard, Samaje Perrine, Derrick Henry. Top three running backs. Just like everyone predicted. Good Lord. Top three tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, Pat Firemuth, who was on my bench. Yikes. And I'm, I'm not doing kickers because that's stupid. I don't, I don't know who's going to kick more field goals. Like Anyway, top three defense uh, special teams, Washington, New England, Dallas. That was week 11. So then, looking ahead to week 12, I'm not going to make a fantasy stud pick for each game. I'm just going to predict who I think the top three at each position are going to be. Kind of like how I just stated for week 11, but I'm making future picks for week 12 with somewhat of an explanation. So, quarterbacks. Josh Allen. Josh Allen needs a revenge game. I think on Thanksgiving against the line. I know last week I said Josh Allen needed a revenge game. I think this week I know he beat Cleveland, but he didn't play great. Like, let's go, Josh. Like, like I said earlier, defenses, if you all want to take a nap, if you all want to relax, like let's let's let the offensive feast offenses feast on Thanksgiving. That's what it's all about, right? So I think Josh Allen has a game. Tua and the Dolphins are playing the Texans. Texans suck. Tua's good. And then it's hard not to pick Mahomes. Mahomes is like one of those guys that you don't really think about. And then, I mean, I don't want to say you don't think about, but we're just so accustomed to him playing super well. It's like, oh, another 250-yard day and four touchdowns for Mahomes. Oh, just just another Sunday in the NFL. So, like, but like start Mahomes. Like, he's going to do that. I also think potentially um, another one, another 
I don't have them on my top three, but I think potentially could be, this doesn't count, so if I'm wrong next week, I'm wrong, would be Josh Allen. Or, oh, my God, not Josh Allen. The other guy, guys, opposing quarter, uh, Jared Goff. Like I said, defenses, like, take a little, maybe eat some turkey beforehand. They say it makes you sleepy. You know, relax a little bit. People want to see offense on, th- on Thanksgiving. Like, step up. Why don't you step up final drive, like, to, to put the game away, to end it. But other than that, like, let, let the offense score every drive. Who cares? Like, I mean, I shouldn't say who cares because we all care. We're all going to watch. But it's like we just we just want to see we just want to see some offense. We want to feast. Um. So yeah, those are my three with potentially Jared Goff. Again, doesn't count if he's on the list. I didn't say his name as one of my three. Running backs, uh, Austin Eckler. They play. Who do they play? Why did I choose this? Chargers. Char- oh, Chargers, Cardinals. Eesh. Cardinals defense, not good. That's why. Uh, Saquon. I chose Saquon. Low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry, but... God, I can't find anywhere on my sheet where I wrote who they were playing. I just wrote their names. That was stupid of me. Oh, Cowboys. Dun, dun, dun. I, I don't know why here. I just love Saquon. We are, baby. We are Penn State. Um, And then Kenneth Walker, the third... Seattle coming off the bye. He was pretty much ineffective against the Bucks. I think he I think he gets back on track this week against the Raiders, who do not have a good defense. Russ put up like 16 points against them. That's a lot. Um wide receivers. CD. CD. Let's have a day, CD. Uh I think Lions Lions offense offense exposed the Giants defense. And CD Lamb will do the same thing. Tyreek Hill coming off the bye. Dolphins are playing the Texans. Texans are bad. Texans are really bad. Um, And then last but not least, Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer was the guy for the Chargers last week. Keenan Allen is back. Mike Williams was sort of back, I think. I think Keenan Allen was kind of just getting his feet wet this last game, and now he's going to be establishing himself as that wide receiver one in L.A. this week. Tight ends, oh God, I'm picking, I'm sorry, I'm picking the low hanging, tight ends, it's so blatantly obvious, like, who the best are going to be, so I, I went Kittle, Kelsey, Kittle is, has been on a tear, I just literally watched him score a touchdown on Monday Night Football, Kelsey is just always incredible, um, and then I'm picking Fryermuth because I want him to have a good game, <laughs> and they're playing Indy, their defense isn't great. Uh, Fryermuth had 12 targets. He's filling, obviously, a lot of that void for not having Claypool anymore, and I'm not mad about it. I also love to pick Penn Staters because I root. Like, I don't hate the Steelers. I hate the Giants. I don't hate the Steelers, but, like, I love Pat Fryermuth. So, like, I want to see him succeed. Same with Saquon, where I want to see him succeed because I love Micah Parsons. Same thing. Allen Robinson. Like, I don't necessarily like those teams. Giants and Cowboys actually can't stand but I want to see those guys succeed. I'm sure a lot of you college football fans out there feel the same way about your players in the NFL. And every now and then, it just so happens that a guy like Miles Sanders gets drafted to your team. That That's incredible. And, oh, God, I was like, I remember like, I've never done a backflip in my life, but when the Eagles drafted Miles Sanders, I almost did a backflip. Um, And then defense special team, fantasy studs. I like Jets. They're playing the Bears. I'm so sick of this Justin Fields talk. I'm going to end up owing my my buddy, 
what did I just say? My fondue. I was like, it literally sounded like fondue was coming out of my mouth. I meant to say my buddy, 50 bucks, because Justin Fields is looking like he's going to end the season as a top five fantasy quarterback. But they're not winning games. So it it it's like they're getting into these shootouts, which is great, and then putting the ball in Justin Fields' hands with an opportunity to win the game, and then he doesn't win the game. So, like, how good is this guy? Statistically, a monster. At least the last five weeks he's been a monster. But, like, is that really the guy you want to have the ball when the game's on the line? Because they haven't won a single game in that stretch where he's just been absurd. Um. So, just something to think about. I also hate Justin Fields. That's such a strong word. My dad would be so mad at me for using that word. But, like, I just don't like Justin Fields. Like, I hated him at Ohio State. I don't really give a crap about the Bears, but I'm just, like, I'm over the hype. Like, yes, this guy is good. He's fast. He's not throwing the ball well. He's not winning you games. Like, y'all lost to the Lions. The Lions. The Falcons with Marcus Mariota. Like, Marcus Mariota didn't have a monster game against the, the Bears. Trust me, I know. I have him in fantasy, and if I win my league, I'm buying his jersey. But Marcus Mariota found a way to, for his team to win. Justin Fields didn't. I don't give a fuck how many rushing yards you have, bro. Anyway, I could talk about that for a while, and I won't. Um, wow, I just went on a huge tangent. The point of that was that my defensive studs for fantasy this week, I said Jets, I said Broncos because they're playing the Panthers. I don't think I need to explain myself there. And then San Francisco against the Saints. Again, I don't think I need to explain myself there. Saints aren't that good. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they're starting Andy Dalton. Like, you don't have a chance to let the young guys play who you want to see get wrapped. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not here to critique your coaching. I'm just here to um, point out who I think the fantasy studs are. So San Francisco, I think sacks. Let, let's let's place an over. I'm going to place an over-under on the amount of sacks that San Francisco's defense gets on Andy Dalton. Five. Let's do over-under. No, five, let's do five and a half. Yeah, five and a half so you can't push. You're either good or you're not. Five and a half sacks for the D, uh, San Fran defense. Mark it down. Write it down. Tweet at me your pick. Or bet your pick. Whatever. That's that's a one of my I'm going I'm going with the over. I'm setting the over under at five and a half and I'm hit, I'm hit I'm going over. Um Jonah the Dallas defense had seven sacks. Seven sacks on Kirk Cousins yesterday. That doesn't have anything to do with San Francisco sacking Andy Dalton, but I just figured I'd share. Yeah, seven sacks. Wow. Anyway, over under five and a half. Let me know what your pick is. Drop it on the Twitter. Does that wrap up my day? Oh, re- holy shit. I've been sitting here recording for an hour and 22 minutes. That was everything that I had on the agenda. I do want to point out before I close out that Howie Roseman is the GM of the century. Okay. You can let. No. Pause, rewind. You can critique him based on his Jalen Rager pick for the rest of his life, for the rest of his career. Oh, fuck. Debo and around Tutty. 
like like long tutty. What's the come on, give me the numbers. Thirty nine yard touchdown round for Debo. <whistles> Damn. Dog the dog ain't looking good there. It's about to be twenty four ten. Um, you can critique Howie for picking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. I'm I still get sick to my stomach about it. But let me tell you, this man has done a whole lot to make this organization successful, especially this year. I don't need to ramble off all the things he did in the offseason to get us the right pieces in place. Draft picks he made this past year. Okay. That's one thing. Then the Eagles get owned on Monday Night Football in the rain. Or not the in the rain. The fuck? In the run game. And he goes out and he signs two veteran, veteran defensive linemen. Nadamakarola Sue and Linville Joseph. And that made a difference. Jonathan Taylor, I, when, when I saw him next on our schedule, I was like, shit. Like, we, I thought with our run defense, we were screwed. Let me pull the numbers. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 22 rush attempts, 84 yards, one touchdown, three receptions, three receptions, 10 yards. He's supposedly the best back in the league. And, like, he had a good game, but, like, we, we kind of held him. And considering we couldn't do that with – Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson the week before, I thought we were going to be screwed. Howie's a bad man. Defense looked great, especially red zone defense. They kicked four field goals? No, three field goals. Yeah, that was, I mean, and and they had a combined sack. Like, they both sacked the quarterback. They each got half a sack in one play. It was awesome. So, Howie, you're a bad man. Locked in, baby. You are locked in. Um, I want to say I forgive you for Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager actually blocked me on Twitter because I talk so much shit. He's just so soft. <laughs> like, if you're blocking people on Twitter because they're talking shit on you, I think you need a new career. Anyway, I'm not here to give career advice. I don't think. Howie, you're a bad man. I love you. I almost forgive you for Jalen Rager. Almost. Anyway, that wraps up. Episode three of one of the boys. I think I'm getting good at this. I feel like as I was talking, I was like, yeah, I, I think I think I would listen to myself. Does that make me a narcissist? Fuck. I'm not a narcissist. I just meant like I I I'm not a rambling idiot tonight. That's all I meant. Yeah. Um yeah. I hope everybody out there has a superb Thanksgiving. Eats lots of good food, drink lots lots of good beer, cold beer, watch lots of sports. There's a lot like there's so much for you to choose from on Thanksgiving Day. If you make the same picks as me, let me know. We can celebrate or sulk together once it's all said and done. Again, my name is Coley Rudd. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll talk next week. <laughs>